Welcome to Promised Land at Home Podcast, where we bring people into an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and each other. Wherever life has you, we pray that today's sermon both challenges and encourages you. We're so glad you're listening today and hope you enjoy the message. So we are, we are talking about uh, expressions of worship, and so I'm going to talk about yada, and uh, it means lifting of hands in worship. So before, before even anybody read the Bible in America, they knew what lifting of hands mean. Because if you're a football fan, what does this mean? Touchdown. And Cowboys will need a lot of touchdowns this year. Amen? Amen? So before anyone could, you know, know the trick, and I'm, I was just thinking, when I was told that I'll be sharing about, you know, this expression of worship, I was like, you know, how did these people who were uh, inventing this game, when, you know, had this signal figured out of a touchdown that means victory, you know, that means, you know, they have scored some points, right? So just imagine, uh, I'm going to take you, you know, it's not going to be a lot of verses, it's just going to be a story where it all started, you know, lifting of hands, and Moses was the first one who figured it out somehow, you know, that this works. Amen? So if you turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 17, verse 11 to 13, and this is the first time in the Bible where somebody is lifting his hands. And just to tell you what is going on, the, the Israelites have just finished the Exodus, they have just come out of Egypt, and there's an attack on them. And Amalekites plan a surprise attack on the people of God. So this is what, what is happening. You know, just imagine they are in a, in a battle. And I'm going to read it for you from verse 11. And I read the uh, New American Standard Bible. It says, So it came about when Moses held his hand up that Israel prevailed. Can you say amen? amen. But when he let his hand down... Amalek prevailed, and Moses' hands were heavy, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it, and Aaron and Hur supported his hands, and on one, uh, one on one side and one on the other. So his hands were steady until the sun set, and Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. So just imagine, Moses, you know, somehow figured it out that my lifting of hands is giving victory to my people. See, God, see, lifting of hands is, you know, at this moment is not a doctrine. It's not a practice. Sometimes, you know, God will tell you what exactly he's going to do. But sometimes when you walk with him enough, he will let you figure it out yourself. And so just imagine Moses is seeing his people and he decides to lift his hands. See, he has, he has lifted his hands but with a staff in his hand when he parted the Red Sea, right? But he has never just lifted his both hands in adoration or worship. Never it says in the Bible before this year that lift your hands to God. But somehow he figures out that this works. Amen? And so as a believer... When you walk with God, you've got to figure out, figure out what works for you that aligns with the word of God. And so, just imagine Moses realizes that this thing works. You know, this thing works. I was amazed to see a lot of things when I came to America that I had never seen in my life, right? That I had never seen in my life. And I'm like, oh, this works. This can be done in a such better way. 
you know, some kind of juicers, you know, some kind of machinery, you know, those uh, JCBs, like those things that you use to move. Like when I first saw a house being moved, you know, the whole, you know, the whole house, I was amazed. I had never seen that and I could not imagine it was uh, something beyond my ability to think that you can move a whole house. America, everything is possible, right? I think uh, Moses was an American. He somehow figured out that lifting of hands is going to give them victory. So Moses realized, you know, Moses was kind of like playing a little game. You know, he has won a big, big battle. And so these Amalekite people are not that of a, you know, a, a big people that they have, they have been attacked by. So Moses was like, you know, he was lifting his hands and the people, his people are winning. And he, he was a little tired, so he let his hand down. And then he saw his people losing. So finally he figured out, you know, that I have to keep my hands up so that my people can win. And I want to talk to you about my first point tonight. This was a surprise attack. This, this was not a planned attack. You know, they did not know that the Amalekites are coming. But for every surprise attack by the devil, by the enemy, God has a surprise weapon for the enemy. This was a surprise attack. They were not ready. And in fact, if you read the whole chapter, the Bible tells Moses to write it down for the future generations that I will erase every descendant of Amalekites. And Moses exactly did that. So every, every surprise attack, God had a surprise weapon. And so Moses figured it out. But there was a time when Moses got tired and there were a couple of people named and named Aaron and her, they realized they saw Moses. And it doesn't say, the Bible doesn't say that, that the, Moses told them to come and help me. So when the plan of God, the vision of God, the, the way God is taking his church, the, the seasons where God is take, taking his church, we have to figure it out ourselves that this is the process what God is doing and we have to follow. So these people, Aaron and her, who were priests, they saw that when Moses lifts his hands, our people get the victory. You know, I, when, I was, when I was studying it, I understood that for every, every person, every believer, and lifting of hands signifies two things. According to the Bible, it, it signifies surrender and victory, right? And so, so they realized, these two people, that Moses needs help in his surrender to God. In every believer's life, you need priests and pastors who can keep you grounded, who can keep you surrendered to the will of God. And just imagine Moses allowed these people to touch his hands and lift his hands for them. And until you allow people in your life to keep you surrendered, to keep you grounded, to keep you accountable, you will never see the victory in your life. That's why pastors are important in the body of Christ. Amen? That know the will of God and they know that God is working through this surrender. Can you say amen? amen. So Moses had no idea what lifting of hands could do. So he quickly had to figure out what the, uh, the thing that is working when, or, and when it is not working. So he realized... The things that is working and th things that are not working. So Aaron and her, I'm going to talk to you about, about, you know, you have read a lot about Aaron, but uh, not a lot about her is written. 
But this is what Moses did when he was about to go to the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments from God in Exodus, Exodus chapter 24, verse 14. I'll read it for you. He said to the elders, he said, wait here for, for us until we return to you. And behold, Aaron and her are with you. Whoever has a legal matter, have him approach them. Moses gave the responsibility to the people who understand surrender and they understood, understood victory through surrender. Amen? So Moses said, these two people are responsible. There are, there are millions of people here. But if anybody has a legal matter, let them come to these two people who completely understand surrender and who completely understand victory through surrender. Can you say amen to that? And as people of God, we need to be surrendered to the will of God. Amen? And until and unless we, we learn how to surrender to the will of God, it becomes, it becomes impossible for us to have a victory. There was a time in our life when our dad left. So I was nine when my dad left. And I don't even know if my dad is dead or alive. My, my brother was seven. My sister was five. And all, all the relatives left us. Nobody wanted to, have, to do anything with us. We, we became so poor and poor that we did not have enough money, did not have enough food. And nobody wanted to be associated with, with, with us. And I felt like that I, my, me and my family are falling in a pit. And as if all doors were, uh, were closing in front of us, there were people in our family that could help us. There were people in our family that could, you know, guide us, that could, you know, put their arms around our shoulders, that could be there for us. But every, every door was closing. And I, and I felt that I'm, my, me and my family, my family are falling in a pit and there's no way out. But there was one night, I remember it was August 6th. And tonight is probably completing, you know, more than uh, 26 years of what, what happened that night. 26 years, one month. This is what happened. I decided I'm going to surrender my life to Jesus. It was a whole night prayer. started at 10 o'clock. And July, August, and September rains like crazy. I didn't even have a raincoat. And one of my friends who was my same age, he had a bicycle. And he and I decided that we're going to go to this whole night prayer. And no idea about praying. No idea about, about Jesus. We just wanted to be in that whole night prayer. It was raining hard. No raincoats. So we took a polythene bag and put extra clothes and towel. And we just, you know, he took his bicycle and I sat behind him and we went to that whole night prayer meeting about 2.30 in the, in the morning. My pastor gave a call to people who have never gave their heart to Jesus, who have never surrendered their life to Jesus to come forward. And so including me and my friend, there were four other people. So six people came forward and we surrendered our life to Jesus. And I remember speaking in tongues, but I saw a vision. When I was speaking in tongues, I was filled with the Holy Spirit and I saw a vision that I'm, you know, I'm by myself in that pit. It's a deep pit and there's no way out other than me looking up and reaching my hands to, to God who's pulling me out of that pit. Hallelujah. That was my surrender. 
We still didn't have food in the house. We, we still lacked money. We were still very poor. We still did not have any idea what's going to happen with us. But my chains were gone. Hallelujah. I felt like a new man. I felt that God has called me to serve him. I, I believe that the hand of the Lord is on me. From that one act of surrender, my life changed at 2.30 in the morning. Hallelujah. So when you surrender to the will of God... And few, few months later, my, my, my pastor told me that you will go to preach the gospel all over the world. And I'm like, I don't have enough money to go to the next city. When I go back from my house, I don't have food to eat. There was a time, like here in, in public schools, you don't have to pay any fees. But in India, in any school, public or private, you have to pay fees. There was a time, there was a moment in our life for eight straight months our school fees was not submitted. And when that happens, the school kind of embarrasses you, sends you a little notice, and, and a peon comes, somebody from the office comes, and takes your name and, and in front of the whole class. And the class is about 50 plus students, right? And that's the most embarrassing time when your fees is not submitted for eight months. For every month, every month, there would be a guy coming with my name on the slip with my brother and sister also in their classrooms. And embarrassed us in front of the whole class that a feast was not submitted. Nothing changed, but something changed inside of me that God is, I can do all things through Christ who lives in me. Hallelujah. When you live, the, live a surrendered life, impossible becomes possible. Hallelujah. I'm 43 years old. I've preached in 42 nations all over the world. At that moment of time, I did not even have a passport. See, God, when you are surrendered to the will of God, God sees beyond what you are able to do. Amen? Beyond what you are able to do. So it's just a simple act of expression. Lifting of your hands is an expression. It's so simple, sometimes very foolish. Most things that God tells us to do is are foolish things, you know. When, when, when we used to go to church and, and, and people, we used to hear about people, you know, uh, giving their tithes in, and then the whole financial situation changed. And Pastor Robin was talking, uh, talking to us just, just briefly that God doesn't need our money. And I'm like, my mom's salary for, was $80 a month. So would God need my mom's $8 to run the heaven business? No. But God wanted me and my family, my mom especially, to, to surrender our whole life in the hands of God and believe God that God is going to sustain us with $72 a month. This is 1996. My mom never went to church. Us three kids went to church. So I, we took our mom to church because other kids' parents would come to church. So I, we said to our mom, Mom, not only you are coming to church, but you are going to start paying your tithe. <laughs> so we became our mom's financial advisors. Financial advisors without a degree, but with the word of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is the best financial advice that we gave our mom at the age of 14, 12, and whatever my sister age was. <laughs> when you surrender to the will of God, that same year, 1996, my mom got six promotions. Six 
promotions and every single penny that was a debt on her that she owed, everything was cleared because she got so many raises that we were all able to clear every single debt we owed. Amen? Every single penny. My mom... My mom retired. She lives in a house that she does not owe any money to. She does not have to pay a mortgage. She does not have to pay any bills. She does not have to. She doesn't even know how much money she has. But she's not giving me. Probably she's taking it with her. Lifting hands is a sign of surrender, but also a sign of victory. There are few things that the devil attacks in your life. But I realized one thing, that devil, the enemy, cannot attack your surrender. Moses realized that my lifting off of hands is giving victory to my people, but none of the Amalekites were able to realize. So just imagine, the Bible says they were winning when Moses' hands were down, Amalekites. But they were losing when Moses lifted his hands up. Moses was able to figure out the plan of God, but the Amalekites were not able to figure out the plan of God. They were not able to stop. Probably they were able to kill some Israelites, but they were not able to figure out what Moses is doing. So so that's why they were getting defeated. So the devil can never attack your surrender. When you surrender to God, a surrendered person is a victorious person. Victory is not going to come to you right away, but you will see the hand of God in your life of surrender. When you say to God, and I, I remember that vision clear as crystal, that I'm lifting my hands and God is pulling me out of that pit. It's a simple act, church. I want us all to stand this moment. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't even know what you're going through, but all of us need to surrender. At some moment, at some point of our life, when nothing is working, when nothing seems to fall in the way that we want to, then surrender. Lift your hands and say, God, I'm not able to do this on my own. You take care of it. And he's going to take care of it. Surrender is a secret weapon of God. It surprises the devil. The Bible tells us, and I'm going to talk to you very briefly about it. That Goliath said to David, he said, you come to me with sticks. First Samuel chapter 17. He come to me with sticks. And David said to Goliath, you have a javelin. You have an armor bearer. You have things that you're coming against me with. See, what what God did on on that day, that he blinded the eyes of Goliath. Goliath never saw the sling in the hands of David. And that's that's why he said, you come, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? See, your surrender. David was not surrendered to the plan of Saul, but David was surrendered to the plan of God. He said, you come to me with javelin, you come to me with spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not depending on my king. I'm not depending on 
He's a chosen man of God. I'm not depending on the army. I'm depending on God. And that's what a life of surrender is. You may have a lot of money. You may have a lot of experience. You may have a lot of resources. You may have a lot of friends in high places. But in spite of all that, surrender to the will of God. Surrender to the will of God. It was a beautiful sight when we were worshipping. And every, almost everybody was lifting their hands. Church, you are a wonderful church. You know how to surrender. And we are about to move into the direction where God is about to take this church to a higher level. The impact is going to grow. The effect is going to grow. And for that to happen... For that to happen, Moses has to lift his hands and so many Aaron and hers are needed to help Moses lift the hands and we are going to see a victory like never before church. So church, let us surrender. Let us lift our hands. Let us lift our voices. Let us lift our hearts and say to God, God, I surrender all. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget we want to connect with you. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching Promised Land San Marcos, on Instagram at PSM Church, or on our website, psmchurch.com. Thanks again for listening to the Promised Land at Home podcast.